what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. You want to make sure you show, don't tell in your writing. Have you ever heard this before, this idea of show, don't tell? I certainly have as an English teacher. I've certainly said it many, many times, but I'm going to use today's podcast to actually break down what we even mean by it, a little bit of the history of it, and then what is applicable and how it can support us in our nonfiction writing, our personal growth books, and book strategy books. So I'm excited you're here. Let's get started. We've all heard the phrase, show, don't tell. But what do we really mean by that? I was cruising around on Book Talk the other day, which is a fun community thread in TikTok focused on all things books. If you don't follow it, go and check it out. It's just some fun things that authors, writers, editors, all the people just like to share lots of different things around books. And one person shared how this common phrase for writing instruction and a writing technique of show, don't tell is often misinterpreted. So I thought, let's use it for today's podcast to really talk about what show, don't tell means, and even more specifically, how it might or might not support you in writing, even with nonfiction. So first, I want to give just a little bit of background to this phrase and where it comes from. So in just doing a little research, you can find all this information out. But usually we attribute this idea of show, don't tell in your writing to Anton Chekhov, a well-known Russian writer. Um, He gets the quote, it gets attributed from this quote that is supposedly from him. And the quote is this, don't tell me the moon is shining. Show me the glint of light on broken glass. Like I said, once you do a little bit of searching around this, you'll quickly show and, and it will be revealed that these ideas actually come from the ideas of that quote actually come from a letter he wrote to his brother. And the idea that he was sharing was basically how you can describe nature in writing by really getting into the details of what you're experiencing, what you're sensing, rather than just saying something like the moon is shining, right? So here's what he actually wrote in that letter. In descriptions of nature, one must seize on small details, grouping them so that when the reader closes his eyes, he gets a picture. For instance, you'll have a moonlit night if you write that on the mill dam, a piece of glass from a broken bottle glittered like a bright little star, and that the black shadow of a dog or wolf rolled past like a ball, end quote. So essentially, once you he- what you are hearing here is I can tell you that there was a moonlit sky, or I could say on the mill dam, a piece of glass from a broken bottle glittered like a bright little star, right? So you're starting to see this idea of show, don't tell, and what it comes from. And the idea of the importance behind this idea of describing in details is what is actually ha- trying to describe in details what is actually happening in a setting, what it, what we actually would experience if we were right there. Our senses get activated, right? Sense of smell, touch, taste, hearing, all that kind of stuff. And what actually started to happen is this, this idea of show, don't tell really got adopted into playwriting which is where the meaning and the implementation of this phrase, this common phrase in writing, gets a little wonky with the original quote from Chekhov um, that's attributed to Chekhov. So for playwriting, there was an effort to make sure that the scripts, the words that were written to then be acted out and spoken out loud, 
weren't just about telling the audience what was happening, but quite literally showing them because we have the physical and visual aspects that are afforded in something in a medium, a modality like a play. We don't have this in static words on a page, right? We can't physically show someone, right? Like there's not an image that pops up. Yes, we could talk about illustrations and all that kind of stuff, but just hang with me for a minute. But the phrase still trickled down. So the show don't tell idea trickled down from this checkoff letter to his brother, then to playwriting, and then to us as writers who have made, have heard this phrase in our education. Um, Maybe if you've written any kind of fiction, it's shown up for you. But maybe we've never really looked into what it means. We just kind of nod along and go, yeah, 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 you got a show, don't tell. So that's a little bit of history for you on the term and the phrase itself. And again, like I said, most often it gets applied to fiction writing where people are having to create settings and plots and characters, things that need and call for a lot of description and detail. And there's a big difference between, you can experience this, I'm just going to give you an example here, writing something like he was angry, right? That's going to evoke a very different reading experience than saying something like his lips curled as he balled his fist to hold himself back from punching the man smiling smugly in front of him, right? There's a little bit of difference there. I hope you can tell. I made that up on the fly. So there you go. You're welcome. Yet we may not have this kind of writing, right? We may not be doing these same type of techniques of describing characters or scenes or anything like that in our personal growth books, personal strategy, personal development, or business strategy books, However, it is still something I think worth exploring. So I want to look at how it can show up and maybe support you in your book writing in the nonfiction realm. And here's how I like to think of show versus tell in nonfiction. I like to think of it more as balancing statements with stories. And here's what I mean by that. Obviously, I'm currently working on, for instance, I'll use an example, my book, um, currently titled, working title, Recognizing the Writer Within. I make a lot of statements in that book. I say things and claim things about my philosophies on writing and how I think we could shift the ways we think about writing to invite more people to write and to share their amazing words and messages with the world, right? I make a lot of claims. And I want my readers to feel grounded in that message. And sometimes if I get too caught up in making the statements and sharing the knowledge and trying to kind of take on that expertise that I've learned and and only come from that place, then the reader can feel a little bogged down. And I'm going to explain it a little bit more in a minute. Simultaneously, we often in these types of nonfiction books also want to share stories it helps us illustrate and exemplify the claims or the statements that we make. We make, But if we have too many of the stories, then sometimes the reader is sitting there going, why are you telling me this? Right? So too much of one or the other, too many claims and statements, too many stories and experiences can disconnect us from the reader. And again, when we, we've read those books, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, every word, every line feels like they're dictating to me what I'm supposed to think or what I'm supposed to feel. So it can really feel like the, the author or the writer is barking from a stage on high, kind of telling us as the reader what we need to think, what we need to feel. And it doesn't really leave room for my own reactions and experiences to the ideas being shared. 
And then again, when we just feel and experience the stories, the reader may enjoy them. I love a story. I love hearing someone's experience. But then I may be left wondering if there's never any statement or never any connection made to what I call like the so what. I may be going, what's the point? What's the purpose here of just telling me one story after another? And it doesn't mean that a story can't stand on its own. It's just something to ponder and think about. So I want to share a few tips for keeping your writing and your reader grounded in the overall impact that you want your book to have and really balancing out these claims versus statements or this show don't tell kind of idea. It allows you to show and offer your readers a journey versus just telling them one claim or statement after another. So one is just to be mindful of this. So try to resist, um, you know, filling your paragraphs with only statements, only claims, and also try to resist filling your paragraphs with only stories. We really want to work to find a rhythm that works for you to keep both of them balanced. Now, it doesn't mean that at some point we might have more story or more statements and we can, we can bring that back into balance though with, you know, switching at some point. But if it's all of a sudden we've realized, wow, I've written this many pages, all statements, or I've written this many pages of all story. We can ask ourselves this, does this feel in alignment with this section or this chapter or the overall book? And if not, then you're ready to reconsider what you've written. You're ready to kind of do a little check-in and see, can I weave in some more statements into my story, some more so what, some more um, language that allows the reader to go, this is why I'm telling you this, right? Or this is why I'm being told this. This is why it's being shared. We also want to focus on this trying to balance. I think it's good for the revision process versus worrying about it when you're just trying to get initial ideas and drafts down. So this isn't something that you necessarily want to focus on from the bat, from starting your writing, because that could be a little hindering to you. It might cause a little too much pressure to go, oh, am I balancing right? Am I showing you know, more than I'm telling? So let this be a part of your revision process. You can be mindful of it, but let it be a part of your revision process. And ultimately, we want to weave the two together, right? We want to find, like I said, some kind of rhythm or balance. And it's really nice when we read stuff where we're getting a little bit of both all along the way. So those are just some initial ideas. Um, I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about that history of explaining show, don't tell, and what that even actually means in the first place, and then how we might use it to support us in our nonfiction writing. As always, if you have questions, if you have comments, I want to hear about it. I always also want to encourage you to leave a review of this podcast, The Written Compass, so that more people, more amazing souls, just like yours, can get these messages, can get these ideas and feel really inspired to actually get their writing going and share their amazing book with the world. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Written Compass. If you are loving this content, then please share this episode and tag me on Instagram at Shana Hartman underscore. And if you're wondering how you can implement the ideas I share here and really begin creating your amazing book, I want to connect with you even more. Head over to shanahartman.com slash the written compass to learn even more about not only writing your book, but truly experiencing your words. You've been listening to The Mesh. 
an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.